Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, joined once again by Nick, the Duke of Hobbies. <laughs> How are we doing today, Nick? I'm doing good, Jake. Oh, so good to be back. It's yeah, so by the time by the time this comes out, it's going to be about a month since the last time we heard from you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, Chuck, you know, everyone that's been a part of the podcast has done so much hustle. Uh, especially you, Jake, putting up with my craziness, uh, just being <laughs> last minute drops, and then just the move in general. So I appreciate everything that you've done this whole time um, oh no i'm i'm happy to do it i i enjoy talking pokemon and competitive tcg stuff so um, i'm more than happy to do uh do that um but i'm sure you know everybody wants to know how your move went uh, how has everything gone well well uh pretty good that's why i've gotten i'm pretty much set up desk wise computer wise and all that fun stuff so i can add, access and do this stuff other than uh a dead hard drive which we're both suffering from a little bit mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh yeah we're moving right along the first floor is almost entirely done and then our basement is the next issue that we got to tackle and after that we'll pretty much be moved in so our goal is like july 4th uh to be done moving in no more boxes nice, i got a lot nice. of boxes so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i i, well, I, also, I got, gotta real sorry. quick i gotta i gotta i gotta do another big shout out to chuck again just because he did do a full edit of one of our episodes uh when i couldn't even meet meet that so i really appreciate him jumping in learning doing another tool um to get that done for us because i thought that episode turned out really well too yeah for sure um i i I had fun um with all the episodes with chuck um (laughs) enjoy his his insight of the game for sure uh, I was so jelly that I couldn't stay for the JW one and uh, <laughs> the Gumi one. I, 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 when I edited that one, I was listening to it. I was like, wow, that's, that's a good question. Or like, you know, that was just like, man, that was a good discussion. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get better at my, my interview questions. Um, you know, when we first started <laughs> listening back to cut some of the old ones kind of is a little bit um, uh, cringe worthy, <laughs> but uh, it, it, I think we're starting to get a little bit more of a handle on it, especially myself. Cause I, uh, you, you, were better at interviewing people in the past um but i'm trying to up my game there yeah you're doing a really good job i have to say i think you you asked some really good tough questions you're getting the you know not just like again we're not really hunting for responses what we're really just doing is trying to get that insight from those players yep. uh those professors those you know those pros and i have to say like some of those episodes uh were just so much fun to listen to yeah so. no i i agree um no, the, the definite goal of our podcast is, you know, competitive TCG, but our secondary is, you know, just getting to know awesome people in our in our Pokemon community uh, worldwide mm-hmm. and just kind of learning their stories. So I, I really enjoy um, having people on, um, but I do enjoy having, uh, you know, just the one-on-one for myself yeah. and, and yeah. you, but um, Nick, it has been such a long time. I feel like you're almost kind of like a guest today. <laughs> Um, so you know what we do with every time we have a guest on to our episode, we're going to ask, uh, the standard set of four questions, um, and those are going towards you today. <laughs> All right. I look forward to this. I love these questions. So yeah, we know, um, our first question, favorite starter, uh, Squirtle easily. Uh, he wasn't the first one. I actually started the game. I didn't start playing a Pokemon game until silver, uh, and mm-hmm. gold. But, um, you know, I enjoyed those Pokemon, especially uh, uh, 
Torkoal um, and Totodile, but uh, when I eventually got and got to play the originals, uh, I was Squirtle the whole time, so uh, easily because of Blastoise. Oh, yeah, Blastoise was definitely my favorite um, fully evolved um, powerhouse in, in the, you know, the original games. All right. So I think we all know this question or the answer <laughs> to this question, um, especially since we got to review one of the cards that is potentially, you know, your answer. But your favorite Pokemon um, in, in the games or card game in general? Uh, I think you guys all know it's Grove Out. No, it's uh, <laughs> Swampert for sure. Uh, I love Swampert. I love the uh, Mega Evolution. Um, you know, I love the whole evolution line of that Pokemon and the fact that it, when it was first out in Sapphire and Ruby, um, which is, again, one of those ones I really, I like, okay, I played Soul, I played Gold, I played the original, but I dove head first deep into ruby and sapphire and emerald and like played all three of those games did like the full pokedex i think for emerald and stuff so um and then swampert was there with me the entire time so just uh such an amazing pokemon in my mind and then i love the mega evolution it eventually got and so just yeah i look forward to actually having what might be a usable not the same place playable, but at least the usable Swamper out there uh, in the game. He has out. utility for sure. He has <laughs> utility. So, yeah, um, was, uh, we were both uh, commenting, uh, you know, too bad Nick wasn't here because this is his boy. Uh, I want to see his take, but um, you know, <laughs> I was chuckling. You, I was laughing so hard at that. You, you, uh, you, you, just that you, you had to miss it. So, um, yeah. Favorite card in the TCG, you know, you know, the spiel. It could be for any reason playability, art. Uh, you name it. Okay, so oddly enough, my favorite card that I like art-wise um, in the game is the premium collection of Zamazetta um, for two reasons. Now, uh, Zamazetta V. Um, I didn't get it when I got my pack. You you remember hearing about yes. that. I complained about I was annoyed about that, and I reached out to Pokemon. I eventually got it. That was awesome. Uh, the fact that they... Like I, I provided all the proof. I'm like, look, this is the only card missing out of this. This was, you know, it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to even get one at a, like a regular time too. Like it was like the last one at stock. So that was awesome that I was able to get that pack. Um, and then they got me that card and it's just a cool artwork. Again, I'm black and gold. It's, it's Pittsburgh all the way for me. Um, and I just have always liked the shield Pokemon too. So uh, it, it's just a really neat card. It's probably my favorite art wise. And I also like that ability of like yeah, uh, the sure. VMAX denier. <laughs> no, it, it is a good one. And just remember um, whenever IRL plays uh, starts up and we happen to know some of those guys from the flow T cast are going to be playing in any of these IRL plays. Uh, Scott Stackley can't, uh, can't read these cards. So just bring them just to troll him. So bring a full <laughs> set black and gold. You hear her first. <laughs> oh, that'll be so much fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so last question, and I expect a little bit of debate between uh, yes. you and I here. You know um, my answer for this. I will let you go first. I won't interrupt you, um, but we'll we'll uh, I'll, I'll kind of have a rebuttal afterwards. Um, but worst card in the Pokemon TCG, in your opinion? Okay, so anyone who knows me in person, this is why Jake already knows my answer for this one. Knows I really hate boss's orders. I hate that card so much. And, and, and it, okay. And we've tried to debate this before and it hasn't worked out very well, but my main issue with it is it's, it seems so weird that 
like this game where there's not a lot of back and forth interaction. You don't really control the deck or your opponent's side of the board, uh, especially as of right now, uh, in terms of like disruption. Because even you know, like the, the mill decks and stuff, they're there, but not really at this point. Um, I'd have to say that it's it's just such a it has changed the dynamic of the game to a point where all you're doing is okay. Does he have the boss or do they have the boss? Because if they do, they win. If they don't, I, ha I actually have played this properly. And, and, you know, it's just it's just so frustrating because, like, I feel like I didn't actually win that game. Bosses orders won that game for me, um, it, you know, and and that has nothing to do with ADP. That actually doesn't have to do with that. It hurts even more with that. And post rotation, which I'm excited about seeing that go away. I still think bosses orders without a penalty in play compared to other gust effects like i like escape rope i like escape rope i like that if you play it right you might not even move your own pokemon but boss's orders to me is just frustrating well i don't agree with it i think boss is perfectly healthy for the game um especially when um and you did say it um you know control decks and stalling decks um they can be very oppressive without right. boss's orders um, it is true at the moment we don't have a true um, one of those kind of decks, um, but there are cards and we're going to be talking about <clears throat> one or two cards today that mm -hmm. potentially is a step in the direction to make control more viable. So that being said, um, if you're just constantly hitting into like a doll or, or you're getting stalled um, from a Pokemon that can't take damage, Boss is really kind of a necessity like, or, or a, a play around to those kind of decks. Um, I would rather lose a game quickly than lose a game sitting there 45 minutes not being able to do anything. And and I get that. And like I said, like I think, I, honestly, those control decks like with Chip Chip Axe and all those kind of things, I don't think they're good for the game because it's essentially, essentially the only reason why is since there's, again, since it's not like, you get to respond uh, typically during an opponent playing a card like that compared to yeah. other card games. That's why I view that as like chip chip. Those are bad because it, it forces a card like boss's orders to be made. And then as soon as that rotated out, then it's like boss's orders is like, Ooh, I'm on this pedestal now. So another, another thing I know you say it wasn't ADP and it's not just ADP, No, um, yeah. but bosses is made worse because of ADP yeah. and Mawile GX. Yeah, oh, well, GX, I would agree with that. Um, is the biggest problem in the game, in my opinion, right now. I changed my answer answer from the annoying crushing hammers, which are still super annoying. Super but annoying. I think but... Mawile compounds everything, um, and then we're soon to be getting, um, you know, the light of something or what was the card that takes you know, dead Pokemon and puts them back on your opponent's oh, uh, bench? Uh, the horn, whatever yeah, the horn's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're yeah, about echo, to get echoing that, horns. echoing horn. Um, so. Yeah, those kind uh, of cards um, can are maybe more the issue than boss, I think. Um, but you know, we can agree to disagree. I guess on that <laughs> one. <laughs> yes, yes. What we, we, we're gonna have because we, we actually have a really exciting episode today, um, and we're we're gonna get into that after we normally cover a couple other topics here. But our main focus for today, since we have no other guests, uh, Jake and I are doing listener questions. So we've been almost we've over 40 episodes on the show right now we're getting closer to a year coming up and we really we reached out to the community 
uh, in our Discord and, and on Twitter, and we got some really awesome questions. So we're going to dive into that today. Uh, so we hope everyone enjoys that, and we really appreciate everyone who did provide some input because Jake and I have been scratching our heads for a while on these, uh, yeah. and just separately because that's why we didn't want to talk ahead of time because we wanted no, to. No, because I, I, I am almost um, hoping that you disagree with me because I like <laughs> a little friendly, friendly debate. <laughs> But uh, well, before we get into those, there, there yeah. are things that we do need to talk about. Um, there's some news items. And before we even get into that, um, Players Cup 4 will be wrapping up by the time this episode airs. I believe it's basically done um, yep. for everybody. It'll be the um, end of the so month. So. I kind of just want to go over, you know, both our runs, um, how we did <laughs> and how we got there and why. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, have that kind of discussion. So, Nicholas, start with you. Um Players Cup hey. 4. So uh, everyone's gotten to watch all of my games, all two of them, uh, oh. that I've got to play. And again, I, uh, as you everyone knows, I was going through that move, um, which, hey, it's just timing of things. Not too upset. Um, I enjoy – I'm, I'm not a big proponent of the format of Players Cup, as players know. Uh, but, I, you know, I had fun in that. I decided to go with Luke Melmetal. Uh, if you watch that stream, I build the deck. I follow a Thomas Brophy slash Lesage version, uh, which I enjoyed a lot. And uh, second place twice. I think that's what it was. So you were um, on pace if you just keep that up. Yeah. yeah what are you, was, why it, are you even recording me? Let's just get onto your, onto your account <laughs> and just keep playing. Keep well, getting second places and you're going to finish top in North America. Honestly, it was great to have. It was actually great because I wasn't like getting input from the community on there while I was playing. I was getting input more along the lines of after. So it's like, OK, I played yeah. one round and I was just like everyone's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, I, Steve called out Steve. Um, uh, the good called it out. He's just like, oh, you're going to watch out for that Phoebe there. I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. And then here comes two Phoebes. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Durr. But it was a well played by my opponent. Like those were actually really enjoyable games. Uh, it was exactly what I needed to kind of get back into the game. I didn't want to go right into hot and heavy into with a um, more aggro deck. I wanted to slow myself down and force myself to play a certain style since yeah. I hadn't been playing. Uh, I played so little and it was great. It was enjoyable to be on there and really evaluate that. So, uh, and I actually rewatched a couple of them and like, yeah. did I sequence right and stuff? And that's part of the reason why I wanted to record more of my players cup games in general. So um, I appreciate everyone who was on there watching me and, uh, you know, rooting for me also, but also just that feedback that we had that was a lot of that was great to play pokemon that way for sure how about you no. jake though um what's so, where are you sitting at now <laughs> i'm not finished i have eight keys left and i'm not doing too well i'm at was it 63.64 points um had a lot of really rough starts um and i'm not saying oh it's i'm never going to be the person that just blames um luck or variance or ptcgo <laughs> Well, you can blame it on that one game, though. You can blame it on that one game. If people in, in on on Twitter or our Discord saw, you know, the, I did have a few of those hands that were probably, and they're always in the first round. They're never, you know, yeah. in the finals or whatever. Um, so there was probably at least five to ten keys, and I don't know hundred percent that were basically unplayable hands to start, like to dead a switch switch energy, um, you know. Things like that do happen, but I know for a fact there. After rewatching some of the games, 
there were misplays on my part. I mean, not like mass, like massive misplays, but enough that gives my opponent, you know, wiggle room to come in and do what they need to do to disrupt me or do what they want to do faster. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I'm going to make it this time around. So it's kind of a shame. I was really trying to hope for that, you know, three for three when it came to making cuts at Players Cup. Um, but I'm actually really not all that upset with it. Um, I'm going to take this time, especially if I don't make it to more just focus on just improving my fundamentals um i would and, have to i would have there. to ask you this jake what was the meta like for you playing it because uh, it, it was all over the place um, that's what so i saw a lot of luke metal a lot of urshifu early um towards the end i've been seeing a lot more um firebox or luke metal um and it obviously adp throughout um so I, I, those, honestly, are, those are the main decks Honestly, the one thing I was surprised is how little I saw, heard about ADP other than I think it was like one of the weekends. Uh, a lot of our locals played and they're like, all I was facing was ADP, 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 ADP. And then it was like after that, I, it became, like you said, Luke Mill jump, jumping around the mainstay meta decks that are out there. When I yeah. played, I faced like Rapid Strike, Urshifu, I don't know how many times. I think I faced deck. it every time other than once. Um Oh, it's it's so very very viable, but it was it was interesting because I I was expecting to see at least a mix of like Picaroms or you know a little more Eternus or something. And I think as as, I, as it went on, you did see a little bit more of these Eternatus and Peaks. Um, I I was seeing like Maractus and the the baby Dragapult and like where were like <laughs> who was playing these decks because they were they're so inconsistent. Yeah. That, it, but like it was so consistently seeing these weird offshoot decks that don't have you like if you played 50 keys worth of them, you, I, I would have to say you're probably wasting your time. I um, would tend to agree with that, which is um, which is but- which is a shame because at the same time, because like if you if you're playing Maractus and you ran into ADP. Yeah, it was just game over for you. Like that, that was like I, I like I couldn't you can't justify that in my head right now. No, I agree. And it's funny you brought up Baby Dragapult because I feel like my cup run was going real well. I was uh, five, like my first five, I had like 14 uh, rep. I run into a Baby Dragapult and, you know, and he well played on his part too. Um, he was yeah, doing what he needed to. But, you know, I was bossing up what I needed to and avoiding the Dragapults. I took one Dragapult out. We had it to a point where I needed one more prize and I still was ahead by like four turns. Yeah. And all I needed was, uh, you know, one flip to go against him in four turns straight, and mm-hmm. I win the game. Four in a row on his end, and then it just went. I don't know what it was because I don't feel like because I kind of quit right after that just to give myself that, and I don't feel like I was playing tilted after after that. No, no, it just, you definitely it just kind ended of, that day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, it, it was a it was a interesting run for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited to see you know where where the meta progresses into the you know into the top 256 of North America and mm-hmm. all the other regions and you know see see who takes down uh, Player Cup four. Yeah, uh, will we see a repeat? I believe Azul is still in the running at this uh, time. I, I I'd be shocked if Azul didn't make it. Um, I um, don't know his rep, but um, I'd be very shocked if he didn't make 256. Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard there were a couple of players who, I guess, decided not to do it. So it, it was interestingly enough. I can't remember the names at this time. I'll have to follow up with that. But 
Uh, yeah, I would expect to see the, the, the pretty name stays, most of the name stays back up in there uh, and ready for the, the North America. So, uh, which that's the most exciting part to me. After you yeah. get past qualifying, yeah, that, I mean, is, if you, that is my favorite part to watch. I do like watching all of the other, um, you know, interesting decks. But yeah, I, I guess that's a, enough for Players' Cup now. Yep. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and send it over to Chuck and our Whimsy Watch. Hello, welcome to another installment of the Whimsy Watch, where we look at the current trends of our evolving meta. With Players' Cup 4 qualifying stage wrapping up this past weekend, we saw another lighter week of tournaments. So, I hope everyone got their keys wrapped up, and finished, and with a good amount of points. So this week, we have one big thing to talk about, and that is the hot surge of Victini V Max decks rising and performing well. This new variant became the most popular deck in the meta this week, even edging out ADPZ in dex instances in the tournaments that I looked at. The deck still revolves around Victini VMAX and the 220 damage for 2 energy that can one-shot or two-shot any V or VMAX out there. The main addition to the deck from earlier versions is the addition of Galarian Rapidash V with the Librahorn attack, being able to bring AGX Pokemon, which what Victini can struggle with, down to 100 HP remaining, which can let Victini VMAX follow up and take the KO. This helps in giving the deck a favorable matchup against all the other top contenders in the meta, except Picarom. Its heavy GX tag team counts still give Victini some struggles. So keep an eye out for this Victini in all your games out there. This one will, will sure to be continued force in the meta and that's going to wrap up this week's watch be sure to find the link to our triple p discord in the show notes where you can get in all the pokemon discussion with all the cast members and i'll see you all next week thanks chuck great job as always yes. miss you here on the main cast <laughs> uh, <laughs> i do too maybe we'll have to have them all three of us on here again sometime yeah, shortly. yeah for sure all right jake it is time for the news and with that news, uh, we have a few major articles that we want to talk about. And it, big props to you and Chuck uh, on this first news article because it's mm -hmm. about Trainer Toolkit 2. Yes. And you guys called it right then and there. Uh, Crobat V is in that, confirmed. It's in one of the Poke Beach articles, yep. uh, which is really cool. And it's an alt art version of it, too, which two is of them. Uh, two of them. Yes, two, mm -hmm. two. So this is just like getting the Dedenes. Um, I'm glad they went with the Crobat. Uh, I think that's very strong for, again, obviously the card's very powerful, but more along the lines of, you know, they could have stuck it with a Cricketune in there uh, if they wanted to, but I'm really happy they went with the Crobat just for a lot of newer players who are trying to get into the oh, game. Yeah. Uh, yes, this this is, you know, this is if you don't have four, Crobats, go get yourself one of these. You'll be you'll you won't be disappointed. I mean, I'm sure everybody wants that alt art anyway. So even if you have four crobats, go ahead and buy one for again. True, true. <laughs> but, um, but again, yeah. And then the also is online if you don't have four Chuck uh, crobats. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, I I wonder how this impacts the the trade market for crobats at this time because honestly, if uh I, if I would if I was have 
uh, any extra crow badge, which I think I have one more. I'm going to trade, trade, trade now. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's very expensive in the in the meantime because uh, he did no. come out in what uh, Shining Fates. You can buy the um, Shiny Fates so, uh, box. So, so, it, so. It, it, he is accessible, but he's just going to be that much more accessible. Right. Um, but it is great for newer players. Um, you'll have an uh, you know another sixty cards of like all core cards that you're going yep. to need to build decks going forward after rotation. Um, plus, you have more booster packs to open as well. So definitely. Yep value there um i couldn't recommend the trainer's toolkit more yeah yeah honestly it was one of the best investments for me when i first got in the first one so uh for definitely newer players who are just getting in around this time pick them up yeah all right so with that being said um there was another article um the the um what was it called before the ev um what was the ev heroes the ev heroes is now actually going to be kind of um, included in part of that evolving skies. Um, so all the cards that we've been looking through as far as EV heroes is going to be part of that set. Um, the major news in the in the evolving skies, uh, which the card hasn't been revealed yet as far as like what it does, um, but it is is heavily um, implied that Rayquaza uh, V is going to be into the game. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people are very excited about it. And I know both of us are newer players and really haven't dealt with Rayquaza enough. So I reached out to a couple of players saying, you know, what what is Rayquaza's kind of like normal role in, in the game? Um, it's usually, you know, uh, a heavy as far as like uh, energy cost, but it's a heavy reward with huge damage potential. Um, so we're looking for potentially um, another big hitter is for um in Rayquaza. Yeah, and I mean Rayquaza ha- it was already in Sword and Shield with the uh, the Amazing Rare version. Yeah. Uh, probably one of my favorite looking Amazing Rares. Probably mm-hmm. one of the worst Amazing Rares at the same time. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean uh, you know I'm excited for another version. I always like like I said with Emerald and stuff. I loved Emerald playing Emerald. So Rayquaza is an awesome Pokemon to get to be able to use. Will be really neat. But there's a couple of really cool cards that we wanted to look at in here. Um, that were kind of revealed some of the more in, uh, the English from this EV Heroes ev- yes. Evolving Skies. Um, you know, you guys talked about the Swampert last time, but Asmaril, uh, which is a stage one water Pokemon with 120 HP, uh, who evolves from Meryl, uh, has this really neat uh, attack, uh, well, uh, called Diving Rescue. Yes. So... For one water, choose up to three in any combination of Pokemon and supporter cards from your discard pile. Show them to your opponent and put them into your hand. So, yes, it is an attack. It's not an ability. It is a stage one. But um, that's not bad if you're playing a water deck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. Uh, you know, for me... I can kind of see some options with a Blastoise kind of having that in there if need be. Um, Cause you, if you only need to place this one uh, or if you kind of, if you're a player who feels like they get stuck with uh, discarding bosses or, you know, some Marnies or professors with like a Depende uh, or, or I guess uh, by this time, um, uh, you know, Crobats uh, from a professor's research, this might be a way to get them back. Um, yeah, so it's like it's like um, a Sableye's V, um, but a little bit better as far as the attack, um, his load search. So you can find up to three. I find that this might find more of a home 
in in like a, a stall deck like we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. or something so you can give up the one prize to get uh you know right. what you need right um again stall um mill kind of not completely viable yet but it's a step in direction for them yeah um there is a, car, a card called marnie i don't know if you've heard of her before <laughs> um kind of makes this feel bad especially if this card right. is seeing more play um marnie is just the bane of um and azul gg merrill um as we've been calling him on stream <laughs> well hey you just pair this with melodic if you're, you're already going uh stage one water pokemon you got that droplet protection Pfft, don't worry you're good uh when you know because then then you're safe from that uh marnie so you could do sure. this i mean that's actually a viable thing in a stall kind of deck right. um to, to protect against that so that is a great point um, I was a little disappointed because whenever I um, first read it, uh, I got really excited and thought it was an ability and thought it would have been like, if this was just an ability, this yeah. card would be completely busted um, and basically, you know, almost a must in uh, most decks, I would I would say. But right. it is if, an if, attack, so it is a little bit more balanced when it comes to that. So it will see right. more niche play, I think. Yeah, no, again, um, we, I think, I think these are these cards that are like you know just just keeping keeping them in the back of your head kind of thing yeah for sure okay so there's one more card that i wanted to talk about and that's um um the the vigor shake search your deck for a card that evolves from one of your pokemon and put that onto a pokemon to evolve it uh then shuffle your deck you cannot use this card during or, or you can use this card during your first turn on the pokemon that was put into play um so or, or hold on or on a pokemon that was put on the play this turn so don't forget yeah. that because that's a yeah, critical yeah. second half yeah yeah so it is a, a good card for you know going first potentially um getting a stage two up there this just kind of helps it um getting a v max that you don't want to necessarily get sniped um by like a victini or something like that or if you are victini you can just do that um mm -hmm. is it going to see play in all these decks i don't think so because past state or past turn one i think it's just not that good of a card well you know what we talked about this before the episode before we started recording i was thinking about this i can see a good use for single strike decks they're gonna love this card because think about that those hound dooms even later you know mm. like if you you could be able to you know or like i i'm thinking first turn attack or like the, the very first turn attach hound doom uh or hound uh you know play vigor shake get your hound door into a hound doom and then use that ability and already have two energy down for the single strike energy down on on a single strike of po uh, pokemon that's huge in, in turn one without even being able to attack that'd be great yeah. uh, and then later on in the game because pretty much single strike pokemon are all going to be state it seems like stage one in uh you know and v's uh, uh v maxes boom this is this is just as effective so um you know there's that's who I see it for right now. That's the only Pokemon that makes sense in my mind. It does make that deck maybe a little bit more scary. Um, the question is, how often are we going to see um, right. One Punch Man? Because <laughs> he's, he's good. <laughs> but he's, I don't know. He hasn't really seen much success in meta. 
Um, no, is no. this the card that puts them over the top? Maybe, but probably not. I don't think. Probably not. But again, I I, I put it into it, it is interesting. I agree with you one hundred percent that as the game goes on, this is a very this is less and less effective. Uh, but there is those. I do like the fact that the uh, you can still evolve a Pokemon that was um, played that turn. So if you can do it with the Houndoom, if you were knocked out, if your Houndoom was knocked out the previous turn, you need two energy down. You can yeah. play a Houndor, evolve it, and still trigger the ability and still get the double energy possibly. So, uh, you know, single strike is where I think it might be potential. Even Noctillery will see advantages with this too from Rapid Strike. But at that point, at that point, maybe you're already clunking up your deck too much that for the rapid strike that it's not viable for them. Yeah, no, it, it will be remain to be seen, but um, definitely an interesting card to make you think um, theory craft, um, definitely possibilities. I just don't know for sure if you're going right. to see, you know, this as a four of in any given deck. Right, 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 right. I, I agree with that. Cool. So I guess that is enough for the news yes. and all of the articles from this week. Yeah, but we got ourselves a really cool, like I said at the beginning, early on in this episode, um, we are taking, are doing our first listeners questions episode. So yes. uh, if you would like to participate in the next one, which we don't know when that will be, but if you would like to, uh, please join the Discord, uh, which will be in the link in the show notes, uh, and get in there or hit us up on Twitter because we're always looking, we always like these kind of questions and yep. we, we got a good number of them that we decided to turn them all into one episode. Uh, yeah, honestly, sure. some of and these it, questions we could probably do a whole episode on if we yeah, wanted to. Yeah, it's going to be very high level uh, answers, I think. But um, yeah. I, I do like all these questions. And again, just uh, you know, saying again what Nick said, um, if you post and we only get wait, one or two, we can probably even hit them up at the end of an episode or whatnot. So it doesn't have to be like a whole episode dedicated right. to Q&A. Um, but we're always looking. So if you have something that you want to be answered, um, feel free to hit us up on Discord and uh, and Twitter. Yeah. With that, let's jump into the first one right here. Uh, who is from Dez, another a local player, Brian? Uh, you know, he brought us a really cool question. I'm going to start off at the question. Uh, I'm interested in how people feel about weakness and how it mostly dominates how the game is played and even what cards they make. Only way they can justify 300 HP is just because you can maybe one shot it. I feel like they want people to play I feel like they want people to play multi-type decks, but it usually isn't possible. So we're going to take this. This is really two questions in my mind right mm. here. But main thing is how does we is weaknessing, you know, the how weakness has impacted the game. Um, you know, Jake, I don't know about you, but I, I agree with this. Um, you know, we have these V's and these V maxes, and really it comes down to, and we see this with the Urshifus lining up against the Eternus, and then Eternus is lining up against the Dragapults, and then yeah. the Dragapults lining up, you know, like we get our triangles and our squares and our boxes um, that we see with our weaknesses, and everyone's just like, okay, what can I do to just one-shot this Pokemon right now? For sure. Um, so I believe that is, you know, like it's exactly why water is currently not in the meta, uh, because Picaram is in the game uh, and electric is so strong. So just water's like, yeah. And so fast. So water's not, uh, even has a chance right now, which is funny because it would be the best thing out there against all this fire, but it's, <laughs> it's just not worth putting it down because the fire is so good that even against, 
that one. Um, uh, and, and you'll run into the picaroms that you're just like, uh, it's not worth taking the water at this time. Yeah. So I, I feel a little conflicted on this. So like you said, you, there is that triangle square um, kind of like this weakness beats this, 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 this. Um, but I feel that weakness has to kind of still be at two times um, because so say, say like a, a somebody like an Umbreon, um, VMAX coming out with his attack, he's, he's, he's two shotting things. Um, but if you want him to be effective against, you know, dark type or uh, fighting types, um, you're, you're just hitting that math for weakness. Um, but you don't want to make him too overpowered or um, even better, um, Zapdos, uh, the new Galarian Zapdos coming out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So he's going to come out and he's going to turn it as killer. Um, right because he's hitting for weakness and he's hitting the the right number like the perfect number right um but you don't want to make him too strong so say he's not hitting for weakness or weakness isn't two times if he's hitting um and it, it is his purpose is to be you know one-shotting eternatus um or, or you know something to that effect um now you're making him way too strong because now to for him to do that you you have to make him hit for an obscene amount of things and then he's just gonna or a obscene amount of damage um, so then he's good against everything. So to keep that specific card in balance, you need to kind of keep him in check um, against everything else. Right. Right. I, I, I think I like the weakness. It's, it's a big thing of Pokemon. It always has been from the core. I think they've translated it decently in hmm. the TCG. They keep it nice and simple with only being one weakness. Um, I'm yes. always a little annoyed with the resistances because like you know sometimes they just don't put a resistance on them and you're like <laughs> shouldn't water always be resistant to fire or you know or, or something that water yeah, is resistant I see to what you're um but like you know again like um uh, i i do like how we have seen some really neat impacts where like okay inteleon they'll pick like inteleon v is weak to water or is electric but yeah. darmanitan is weak to uh yeah, he's, metal. he's ice so yeah he yeah. has to be ice yeah but it, it is, but it, then it, but then he gets the benefit of and his numbers. So right now, how I view it is Sword and Shield. It is it's important, but I think they are paying a good attention to it, to the point of the numbers work out properly. Oddly enough, very mm-hmm. well, um, in such a way that it doesn't. It allows either something that's out overreaching where it should be to be pulled back or prevent something from just taking over yeah. uh whole you know so quickly so uh but that's it's it but i like i i i want to jump to the second half of this question though okay. i feel like they want people to play multi-type decks but they it, but it usually isn't possible now where i think he's getting this idea personally where this is coming from is the amazing rares uh, because of the fact that they have all these multiple energies that they mm. need to do their attacks um, and their attacks are really cool, uh, but they take so much work. Like the Yovatile with the, you know, it needs what, five energy. Uh, and then that's like a dark of fire and, you know, two neutral and whatever it is to KO yeah. on instantly. Um, I don't think they're trying to promote it that way. But I do think they're trying to promote it in terms of the multi-types, in terms of paying attention to what the, the backup Pokemon is for the backup attacker is in the weaknesses. What's your thoughts on that? No, I, I kind of agree. Um, maybe he's maybe he's leaning more towards like Urshifu Dragapult or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, you know, I was a big proponent of the deck and it, the deck's all right. Um, but decks like that are usually a little bit more clunky. Um, and it might, it might be, um, you know, time for decks like that to come up in this slower game after rotation. Um, we it's yet to be seen. Uh, so you, you're going to kind of just go for, you know, weakness coverage or consistency is kind of like mm-hmm. what you have to decide. So I think Pokemon's doing a good job at, you know, making it where, one choice is not always the right choice um, and making you have to, you know, think about the deck construction in general um, and not just, <clears throat> and not just weakness. Right. Right. And, and to also go back to the, it doesn't dominate. Um, you know, if you do accidentally take the wrong deck to a tournament where everyone's playing Urshifu and you brought a tournament, well, it, it can happen. It, yes, it could happen. It's going to be tough, but I still think like Eternatus can still fight off. Even the oh, yeah. Eternatus is in a good spot right now. Yeah. All right. So okay. thank you, Des, for that. That was a great question. Yeah. I enjoyed great it. Question, Des. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to jump on to R4 Gaming, gaming another local, Ryan, um, one mm-hmm. of my buddies from work and a pretty good local player um, in his own right. But um, he uh, asked, how do you handle the ups and downs of the game as far as like tilt? Um, so I'll let you kind of start out. How do you, uh, and I guess you can use your experience in other games too, um, yeah. to, you know, yeah, combat I, I, tilt. I, I put it this way with like Pokemon. And as I get older and playing uh, board games and tabletop games in general, uh, when it comes to playing in person it is so much easier to just let the tilt go. It's frustrating in the moment. I'll, I'll say that I can be frustrated. Uh, but I try to always like at the end of the time, it's like, I'm playing this game because I have a good time playing the game. I like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I like being able to interact in that regard. And that's why I like the IRL play a lot. Uh, it is a lot harder to feel that way in a online play. Um, I feel like in an Ooh. online play, I get angrier faster. Okay. Yes. I thought you, I <laughs> no, thought you were going no, the other way with that. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I agree. No, no. I get angrier faster because like, I feel like, uh, it's oddly enough, like a weird emoji will set me off faster oh, yeah. than like a well-played cause, or, or like, okay. Dude, like, I get the well-played and I'm like, Oh, I oh, can just reach yes. through my screen. <laughs> yes. And it's, it, and it's just frustrating. Uh, it, it feels frustrating, but at the same time, like I, again, I, I, I'm, I've always been this way personally where in the moment, let the heat k- kick in a little bit. And as soon as the match is over, if you're playing online, always have like if if you're someone who does struggle with it a little bit like getting tilted and angry have someone you can reach out to it goes a long way i will talk to my partner uh i'll reach out to jake you know like jake and i when i wasn't so busy we were playing a little more tournaments online we just like okay hey let's you know we'll be in chat and then be like what's going on it's like "Ah, i just lost you know and he's just like okay like what did you do and like we'll just talk through it uh we try to be really open and honest about it so i those have all that always helped me that helped me in x-wing and and other games that i played so um but yeah the it's and when you're up Oh, when it, you're up, I just I let that that feeling ride because you gotta you know you gotta feel good, but you also gotta pay attention too. Oh, for um, sure. if you think you've won because uh, you outplayed your opponent, always evaluate that. Uh, sometimes you did. Some give yourself a pat on the back for that, but continue. But you have to always reset yourself for the next mm-hmm. game. Uh, but if you think you've won because your four crushing hammers won, and that's why you have skill in the game, I would I would 
really reset the thought process. How about yeah. you, Jake? For me, okay. So during games, when things go wrong on your way, um, you miss sequence or your your opponent plays a Marnie uh, and you get like dead hands or, or, you know, a number of things can happen um, that could tilt a player. Um, in real life, it's easier just to kind of um, – <clears throat> Just focus up, look at what you have, look at the board state. Um, you know, sometimes you are kind of just in a, in a bad situation, but there's usually still a correct play. Um, so in the moment, try to focus on the correct play. Um, and more time, or you'll be surprised on how many times, um, even when those bad things happen, that you can play out of, of something that might tilt you. So um, whenever I get tilted, I always just... Um, stare straight ahead at you know at my at the at the board or the the game state, my opponent, um, and and just narrow into that and then kind of all the peripheral peripherals go away. Um, so that's kind of what I do uh, is just kind of establish you know what what I still can do um, if there is anything. And then going into X Wing because uh, we haven't played anything like huge as far as Pokemon as far as IRL playing um, in big big competitive scenes um and i was a pretty decent player at x-wing mm -hmm. and things would tilt me from time to time but i would kind of still use that same uh, mindset and you can always find a way out and then actually one of the players that we used to play with in x-wing ryan fleming he always told me when you feel that something went bad your way like a dice roll or 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 a flip of a coin or something like that um to focus him, himself, um, and I used I used this tactic. It might not work for everybody, but like he would always have a rubber band on his wrist, and he if he felt himself getting too tilted, he would snap it on his wrist, and that would focus him. I'm not saying hurt yourself. I'm saying <laughs> that little bit of a snap might just be what you need to focus in on what you need to do. Uh, but yeah, that's basically kind of what what I do for sure. Right, right, and, and I, I want to say to follow up there, and I've seen Jake uh, like get get heated in the middle of a match, like not angry that you're like you're a, a mean Just player focused. or anything. You you get all of a sudden you redirect the adrenaline into the thought process and mm -hmm. how like the game it might be over. You have lost. We all know that you have lost. But then all of a sudden, like it's not like you're playing desperate. You're playing. You, you realize you can do some other stuff. You still stick within it because use the game as a learning experience at that yeah. point. Um, I think that's also one of your strengths there, Jake, is that you always do that um, even when you're down. I've seen you do that in major events for other games before um, where you, you it's like, okay, what can I do to adjust? And then you adjust. And I've seen you win the very next round off of the same, it'd be the exact same setup. Yep. And you, you just like, okay, I'm going to dominate my opponent here. And you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, and, and that is it. It's the focusing when you're down. Um, I'm, I'm a, uh, a big, uh, I, I, I can get the adrenaline going. So I get a good heartbeat going. I know that mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which on stream, I have my heartbeat monitor playing when I play, uh, <laughs> here in the future, I finally found it again. Nice. So I'll have that up and running. Uh, but yeah, um, you can see my heart rate will accelerate. But it's just where you got to focus the energy. Oh, Don't yeah. focusing it in getting mad. Yeah, focus it focus into, it the, into game the game because like you, like you said, if you lose, you can still take lessons. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a bigger tournament, um, it's not necessarily over for you. Even no. if you lose that round, especially in Pokemon, you, you can go, yeah. you know, you know, X2 and whatever and still make a cut. So 
Um, it's called the never... submarine path. I've done yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh. But yeah, that, those are the tips I, I would use. Um, and also, you know, if, if it is, you know, in between rounds, just, you know, to stay away from being tilted in general, go to your buddies and, and vent to them and like, oh, can you believe what happened like this? Because it is always awesome to have, you know, a support group and people there for you. Yep. Yep. So, Jake, how about you take our next question from the Twitter poll? Yep. Um, so this one's from Megumi from Oregon Pokemon Group. Um, what happens to the juniors and seniors who would have um, leveled up but did not because of the world's pause? Yeah. Woo. Woo, I'll let you start with this one, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, we could spend a lot of time, but this is probably going to be uh, trying to just sum it up in a high level, I guess. <sighs> I Here's my thoughts on if they should have leveled up, just let them level up. Uh, that's my, like, I'd rather have players just playing in the next level to get, let them be experiencing um, a higher level of play. Not that yeah. I'm saying that junior plays lower level of play at all. Oh, no, no, no. In some fact, some fact, juniors and junior seniors are better than. <laughs> I, know. I know that is the problem. What they were having with players cup. What was it? Two or three where they had like too many players that should not have been playing in it. For sure. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that, um, I, I think, look, I'm, I'm more open to having people getting into the uh, the top, the, the senior level uh, and the junior level, you know, just like letting them move up. That That's my yeah. thoughts. This is I, I just like people. I it. agree with that sentiment. But so far, Pokemon has not announced anything um, as far as a plan. And if they would have done it, you would have thought they would have just done it throughout the pandemic because there is players cups. Um, and it's unfortunate that even though they might have leveled up, that now they still can't do players cups. Um, well, if it was a perfect world, I think they would level them up. But in that being said, it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything until IRL play starts. And I think if that's the case, that they should probably stay in their level um, for that season um, to finish it up. Right. That way they're not, um, you know, they don't miss out on all the awesome online stuff that we've had and then been just thrust into um, that level of play right after. So let them at least, if you're going to keep them out like they are, mm-hmm. let them at least play out their last season um, at the level they are and then level them up and, and just kind of make an exception because, of, you know, COVID um, for this year. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, it shows the one inherent flaw of PTCGO, which is they need to separate junior, seniors, and masters. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one flaw that they need to do. Uh, that's the, it should be an easy out of all the fixes. That should be the easiest. Yes, honestly, I agree. you've been you've been playing for ten plus years. And, you know, you just get an email and like you confirm a few things. They don't, like, are you older than you? Just hit, let them hit yes. And if there's yeah. hundreds of people who are saying they're masters, and then if they win a big online tournament, and then it turns out they're a junior, well, then they're flagged. Yeah, they, well, they can also junior. get some kind of like uh, thing on that email saying, you know, having a parent confirm, right? Uh, right. Just something to that effect. Again, um, it, sending it to their parents' account and yours so they can sign up. So you have to have both of those permission slips or whatever you want to call right. it. Um, but yeah, I, they're, it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything in, yeah, for the not. time being. <laughs> I'm just saying they should, but they're not. They should, but but they're not. So I think since they're not, they should just let them stay at their current level when IRL starts. I think they probably would want that anyways. 
Um, but this is a I good mean, segue into our next question, by the way. Yeah, you want to take that one? Yes, because this is actually from Steve the Good, a uh, local professor here. Uh, we've had him on the uh, the show before. Uh, he he had a really good question. Uh, what is your opinion on how Pokemon should handle online play when in-person play returns? Now, we touched on this a little bit with uh, uh, Sableyes when we yeah. had him on again. And... Uh, I think we were all in agreement in that one where it was like, well, they should continue it. They shouldn't stop Players' Cup. They shouldn't stop uh, online events. In fact, they should probably find a good way of incorporating it. Um, and, and the tough part about that is the fact that when you have when you start incorporating it, there's a double economy system in one single game that is really hard to manage and the economy yeah. system i'm talking about there is codes and cards and how who has what um i would honestly, argue that codes and cards are uh well code cards are easier to come across co- I, or uh, or digital cards are easier to come across yes. than irl cards right i would i would agree with that 100 because the, the digital ones they're unlimited um they but the uh, real life ones there's a limited supply of, of a certain type of pokemon sometimes um it is that's that's where we have this big issue um i don't know jake i i i would like them to still support but i could see if they shy away with, from it completely so i'm i'm torn uh, i think it would be awesome for them to say, hey, we're going to have X amount of events, maybe not specifically Players Cup, where it's like 50 keys. Maybe they can do smaller, like regional pods or something like that um, in, in some some way to get CP um, and not have to travel, which sounds really great. And if it could just be that simple, I would be a complete comp- proponent from it. But after kind of pondering it, talking to a few other players about this, you know, off off the pod, um, it just seems that there's a, it's just a little too easy for the online client for you to cheat. And by me saying cheat is, hey, let's get X player that's a, a pro, that's an established good player. I'm going to give him whatever it is. Hey, play for me. Yeah. There's no way for them to police that currently. Now, if they were able to police that 100% and you can, you can guarantee X player is playing as himself or herself um maybe making it have to be a device you can only log into a specific device and it has to stay that way for like the year or something like that maybe something to that effect um is a way to get around that i don't know um i i I can tell you from an it networking standpoint that's still either even just as easy or or even harder to police that because that means they're taking it addresses and stuff like that and that you uh you know i personally like some people play on a VPN anyways. So yeah. then that kind of foregoes that um, more along the lines is I get what you're saying. Like you got, it's, it's really frustrating to find out. And we've seen the tweets, we've seen the things that happened where someone's like, Oh yeah, it was me and a bunch of my friends played this tournament. No, 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 no. You should have not been doing that. Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't. Why would you say that out loud? Like, why would you be proud that like eight people versus one person won? Well, yeah, because it's eight heads against yeah, one person. For um, sure. One person, you know, even when you're all tired because it's two o'clock in the morning and you're playing in a chill event. Or well, if they were going to do any kind of online event, I feel that it would have to be a regional pod. You have to live in this, you know, this, this, um, you know, 
city or or you know these well, cities you, you um, bring up the best you bring up a good point because that is exactly what the tag team tournament style is right yeah. um and you would have to have a professor manage that yes and so that's where multiple that has to professors have multiple professors managing an area to run the online events and making sure that those ones are like use the rk9 or whatever whatever they were using at one time yeah. or forward tag team um to do those tournaments and it's basically it's just irl sitting at your computer but the the to knows who you are and yes. they have to know who you are still can that some of that cheating happen of course but if the TO thinks you're one of those, they can just deny you from being linen in. And, you know, most professors, I would have to say, I've met a lot of, prof- we've talked to a lot of professors. Well, talk, yeah, talk to yeah. a bunch for sure. Yeah. They'll, they'll all, they, they know how to judge players pretty well in terms yeah. of uh, the Pokemon game. So um, that's, that's where I think that's the, the best approach they, they can go down in my mind at, at this time. They have to have that, um, they have to have that live person interaction judge during an event the entire time yeah no i agree um but yeah that, that that's um probably good enough for that um well one. we have we have a side off question from our two-time local champ colton yes <laughs> uh uh you know he because he he got he got excited about that question in discord and he's like how much how and there's a few things here um how much different does online play feel compared to in person in longer events and he's talking about nerves accessibility of your own deck simplicity of sorting for prizes on the online game and let's go over much, that first before okay, we let's go just on. take that um, first one. so as far as online I, we kind of handled a little bit with that whole tilt mm-hmm. um but Online versus IRL play. Um, as far as like managing cards and and prizes and everything like that, I think it's probably about the same for at least top players. Um, definitely, you know, do all those diligent steps um, and keep track of you know if you use a supporter or you know um, yes. if you yes. use you know your stellar wish or anything like that. You it, if it, if you need like a marker to mm-hmm. to remind you as a player that you did that that you can flip every time um that is something i would suggest something that remind like just to help you sequence correctly as far as just playing against a a real person in a big event and now i again i can't talk as far as pokemon because we have we started um unfortunately to a point where we didn't get to do any of these things but um being able to read your opponent other than just looking at a blank screen is huge. So, you know, see how they're shuffling, see how they're sequencing um, and just reading their facial reactions. Facial Mm -hmm. reactions is huge. Um, And I've used it, you know, in in X-Wing and and one games because I could read their bluffs or or their facial expressions. So you can use those to your advantage for sure. Um, I would say a lot of people are are scared to have eye-to-eye contact. Mm Mm-hmm. In in right in, in real life play, look your opponent in the face. <laughs> I think that's what most point. great players do in any game. Like, look your opponent in the face. You don't have to be rude. You don't no. have to be any. You just watch them. It's okay. So you bring up the one of the best points is the fact that no one's going to have a poker face. The average player in a TCG event showing up. To when the IRL play happens, no one's going to have a good poker face at first because they're not ready for it. They're going to be like, ah, ADP. And like, they're going to say something and they, or they're going to be like, 
uh, and then you just know, like, oh, I have the weakness against them, or they don't have the tech card against my deck. Yeah. Um, so you could, you could, and just those are those cues that you have to. And I agree with you. Um, a lot of people are shy. Again, you're not one of the things to focus in because you're not, you don't do a lot with your hand. And when your opponent is going is literally watch your opponent mm-hmm. very closely, not because you're watching them because you're afraid that they're going to do something sneaky. No, this is you're just, just strategy. You just watch it. Yeah. You're just, mannerisms. you're watching and you're paying attention to their mannerisms, uh, the body language, uh, a, a quick shuffle in their seat can mean they're uncomfortable about something because they didn't get what they were looking through when they were mm-hmm. digging. Like there's those, all those little cues, um, you know, the, that are, you know, just a lot of people have forgotten. Um, and it, you know, even in our little events that we've done locally, like, you know, we show up and someone will say something and I'll just say like, I try, I really, I, I am horrible at it. I try not to chuckle, but I chuckle so hard, uh, because it's like, I know I got you or, or, oh, like you got me. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's going to be the interesting thing. I think at the start, uh, the fact that a lot of people aren't going to have that kind of connection and that poker face ready to go. Yeah. So if you're if you are looking to play more serious, practice that with buddies and have them be the most ridiculous opponent across from you. Like let them just mock you, do weird things. Uh, that's well, a great I don't expect to any no, like, no, smack no, but talk like, or people or people getting aggressive towards people. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it's more along the lines of like, can you maintain that poker face? Like, you know, you go through your deck and like they could be like, did you not draw that? And then, you know, just to aggravate you and you'll be like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yep, and you can just can you know you got to get into doing that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, honestly, it goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. You want to continue on on Colton's? Yes. Uh, how much more less equivalent is it placing well online compared to placing well in person? Um, I honestly believe it's the same. It's it's different, but it, it it is the same in my mind. Still, I think if you're a good uh, online player, uh, you you get. Uh, you know, you're going to be, should a, good, be a good, yeah, you should be player. a good, it's mimicking it as much as possible. Again, as we talked earlier, though, uh, the fact that you're staring at an opponent and not your computer screen, you have that live interaction. Uh, you don't have the ability to run to the bathroom real quick, <laughs> mm, yeah. you know, in the middle of a match or something like that. Um, Cause you're, com- you're in your own comfort zone. You're out of your comfort zone if you're in, in real life play. Uh, but at the same time, you're still just playing the same game. Now, as far as skill level, I do agree that it's 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 close to the same. I, I would say playing and being a good uh, in real life player is probably a harder skill to you know acquire, and, and not by like leaps and bounds. Um, but as far as just placing, it is definitely more important to place IRL because you know CP is on the line. Uh, people are will be traveling, um, so it does mean a little bit more as far as you know financial burden on yourself. Um, <laughs> so getting placements there, I would say is more important in general, especially if you, your goal is to either win a tournament or, you know, qualify, get enough CP for, you know, to, to make it, make it to worlds. Right. And I think, I think the main takeaway for when you get back into live play here is that you should totally just be, you know, just enjoy these events to start off with, Um, you know, try your best obviously, but enjoy them. Uh, take them for what they are. They're a really cool event to meet people and to play this a really good this fun game. Sure. Um, if you make it put more put that extra pressure on yourself to say that you're going to win it right then and there, you know 
you might be hurting yourself mentally in my mind. So just just relax if you have not been to major events before. Uh, we've seen that happen. I don't know how many times and times again, Jake. We show up. You know, we've seen players who are like, "Oh my God, I got it!" Like at Worlds, or you know, they they have to do well. It's like, no, just just have fun. Um, yeah, take it for what it is. You have uh, to play relaxed. You have to play relaxed. Uh, also, bring snacks. That's always my number one advice: snacks and water. Because snacks and water, deodorant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a given. <laughs> that should just be the rule number one. <laughs> the bo is going to is going to knock everyone's socks off. Hopefully not. <laughs> at least, right. at, at least, it, hey, I learned that if you wear a mask while playing, you're only smelling your own bo. So that's kind of nice. And we'll uh, see what what <laughs> happens with that uh, regarding our real play. But that's a whole different topic that we yes, don't really need to yes. jump into right now. No, uh, no. I think uh, the last one we have was from Zoro Dad, our friend um, in our Discord group from a Chicago area. Yep. Um, what are the pros and cons of becoming an expert of a single deck and playing it through the majority of a format versus trying to learn multiple decks and read the meta and switch based on you know um, what the best matchup might be? Jake, I'll let you take this one first. Okay, so there is a lot of people that you know say you know get become you know really good at one deck and just go from there and it depends on the kind of player you're you want to be i think if you are a newer player and you're still just learning the game i would say for sure um learn a single deck get good with it and you know you know play play it through to the best of your ability and there's less variance that you're going to have to worry about um you know from switching from deck to deck um, but if you are serious about becoming super competitive, um, being an actual com- um, threat to win X tournament or whatever you're going to, um, or just overall skill level being higher for any of these tournaments, I think it's always a good idea um, to learn and play as many different deck archetypes as you can. Now, does that all have to be IRL? No, um, but I would heavily suggest in this this is for Pokemon. This has been for X Wing. Um, this is true I, for all. This is true games. for every every game. Um, yeah. Is is learn all the matchups that way when you are playing against it, you know what it wants to do, what it's good at, what it's not good at, what your opponent wants to do on any given turn with that deck, and you can do that for all the different matchups. So then once you get a hold of, you know, all the matchups that you or the matchups or the meta decks in, in any given meta, um, you'll know what they want to do. And then you'll you'll be able to combat that better, whatever deck you end up choosing to be your deck of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I have to say, I'm going to read a quote, which is weird for me to do. But uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one. That's the full quote. A lot of people know that first, Pat. Uh, and I always like that quote uh, because, again, I'm a mechanical engineer. We're pretty much called the jack of all trades yeah. uh, from the engineer side of things. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's highly encouraged that you do, if you're taking the game, if you're trying to really improve on yourself in this game, you have to play multiple decks. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That being said, if you find a deck that you like a lot and it's a 
good deck like Eternatus. Like let's take you know vivid you know Darkness of Blaze came out. Eternatus was solid right from the get go. Yeah. Go with it. Figure out, but then don't limit yourself to one version of that. You there's other variations of that deck that even in Darkness of Blaze and especially when Vivid Voltage came out, um, yeah. all the different versions and even now we're seeing all these different versions of Eternatus. Um, I think that's a great example of this uh, playing. If you're playing, yeah, there's variants within those decks. Experiment with it, practice with it. But at the same time, you have to be understanding the matchups. Now, Pokemon, that might not be financially uh, uh, doable. So if it's not financially doable, there are multitudes of ways of being able to do that uh, smartly. First of all, there's a ton of videos online of people playing those decks. Go watch them. Go watch the really good players playing them. The known stars uh, play those decks. They have the means to get those decks and they play them. Yeah. Um, you know, th- that. and then the other thing is, okay, like a, 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 we'll jump to ADP on this one. If you know you're going to face ADP, you should know the 56 cards that are in ADP. It's not a, a set 60, but pretty much it's 56 yeah, you, you did, that's another point of playing these decks because now right. you're 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 sequencing with these decks and you know what they generally have from right. a 56 uh, card um, general uh, you know staple. Um, so that way you know their ins and outs, like I said before. Um, and another thing I want to put on top of that, no matter what deck it is, um, especially you know this day of age, we're playing a lot online. There's a lot of ladder play. Don't be afraid to try something out on um, a meta deck that you might like that just maybe a little bit different that that, um, you know, is a little wonky, but it might come out, you know, unexpected and really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not, but you'll never know if you don't, you know, uh, throw that tech in like like uh, for Mad Party example, everybody is playing Mad Party. It, you know, they're like, oh, it's really good. But the Dene Crobats get sniped so easy and it's just so easy for um, you to lose that matchup. And then. I, I know i know i know locally i was i was like hmm because i don't play mad party um very often um but i i remember asking hey what about giovanni's exile blah 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 you know it, it could take away you know multiple prizers so now you're forcing them to go through single prizers and the sentiment was that it just makes the deck too clunky and it doesn't work right um at the time yeah at the time and then somebody did it online and uh, i believe they won you know yeah. Or, or at least got top four or something and had exile. And now it is a staple. Now those very same people are like, you need it. Mm-hmm. And, and not to say they were wrong or right, um, but nobody would have known if somebody didn't try. Right, right. Um, and that's where using online play is huge for you because that's if again that's where a lot of practice is going to come from. And even with IRL play coming back. Uh, expects a lot of tournaments still to stick around. They probably won't be as large as they were. Yeah. But, but hey, if you can only go to one event in your area and, and it, you know, like that's going to be the one event you go all year or within a rotation or a format, play, you know, prepare for it. And that's going to be one of your best ways to prepare for it, is doing those online events. Um, and, and, but doing it with a mixed multitude of decks, um, ideally, and, or the variations of a, of a single archetype deck experimenting, throw like, if you really don't know what to play, you know, just, just take a meta deck and change it a little bit by putting in your own card, like throw a PayPal, a pal pad in or something like that, you know, like just do, or Phoebe, you know, 
be a little more experimental. Um, and I, that's where I, I think, I think Jake and I are still on the same page on this one. Play as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, and repetition, don't repetition. limit yourself. But again, in, if that's all you got, play it, play it, play it, but play against as much variation of the, of the deck, or at least play against all the different types of decks out there. That's where your friends can come in and help and the, your group or your community where they are, they're playing the ADPs, they're playing the peak romps and you're playing single strike Urshifu the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'll figure it out, you know, like you'll eventually understand the flaws or the, sh- and the strengths of that deck. Yeah. Can I agree more? All right. Well, Jake, that's going to do it for our listener questions for today. Uh, we have gotten, woo, it's been a nice long uh, episode. Yeah, I think at this than, point, uh, normal. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's good to be back. And yeah, I, well, I really appreciate everyone. So again, thank you, Dez. Thank you, Right for Gaming. Thank you, Megumi uh, and Steve the Good, uh, Colton, and also Zord Dad GX for all those questions. Yes, um, they, were, yeah. they were a lot of fun to go over for sure. Yes, yeah. So uh, I am excited. We got our pre-release event coming up for Chilling Rain. And I got to prepare for that because I don't even know what you get in those packs yet. So <laughs> you're, you've been doing them. all the research, Nick. You've been doing all the research. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but on that note, I do want to thank everybody for sticking around for this longer episode. Um, I do want to, you know, give back to the community. So first person Ooh. to um, at me or D, or actually, let's, let's say first person to DM me on Twitter. I'll give him five code cards. Ooh, ooh. Can I do that? No. (laughs) All right. All right, everyone. Um, And if you enjoyed this again, uh, check us out on Twitter uh, at Pit PokePod. We also streaming now. Duke of Hobbies and uh, Panucks One. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also uh, we are streaming Wednesdays. I'm on there late at night, probably mostly around 10 o'clock at night. Um, And Jake is on on Fridays. Um, And then uh, and we'll be coming up with our next time. So stay tuned for our next Triple P Saturday Select. We are trying to figure out a good date for that still mm-hmm. at this time uh, and what to incorporate prize wise, because we are debating a few things as in when should we incorporate t- chilling rain stuff. So stay yep. tuned for that. Uh, check the links down below in the show notes. And thank you all again for joining us for another episode of Triple P. See ya.